Welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. You might be a people pleaser if you tend to feel guilty when you do actually have the nerve to say no, if you tend to prioritize other people's wants and needs, even at your own expense, you tend to keep your mouth shut and not rock the boat, and you feel like it's never your turn. Well, I am here to tell you that it is your turn now and you are in the right place at the right time being exactly who you are because there's nothing wrong with you. People pleasing is just a habit that we get into to cope with various things that at one time in our life were way too stressful to deal with. And so much like a class clown will learn to tell jokes, we learn to please other people. And I say we because I have been there. So I am here in this podcast every week as your guide to an inner journey of liberation. Join me for this next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Welcome everyone to this special episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I am thrilled to have Samantha Fox with me today. And I say this is a special episode, not just because I have a special guest, which I always appreciate, but because our topic is something that is really meaningful to me. Some of you have heard me talk about it in the ways that I can talk about it. Um, But Samantha brings some really um, special, both skills and parts of her life story that are really meaningful to it. So this is going to be your AirPods or, you know, um, get yourself in a private setting uh, warning before we get started here, because we're going to be speaking very openly and honestly, as always, but today also about topics that have to do with our sexuality, our sexual expression, and a lot of things around I'm gonna call it assumed identities, which span way farther than the topic of sexual expression too. But I really wanna encourage everybody to take a moment to kind of bracket even what you think you know about yourself, you know, and allow yourself to sort of open up to what might be possible when, Samantha, I'm gonna steal something you said to me before we started recording, which was when you give something air to breathe. And I love that expression so much. So with no further ado, I will let you introduce yourself, Samantha, and tell everybody both what you do and your story of how you got there. Thank you. Thanks so much, Brenda, for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. So my name is Samantha Fox. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in New York City, and I'm also a coach, a sexuality coach, specializing in women coming out later in life, mainly after marriage, but really anytime later in life. Mm-hmm. And I have been working with women in this area for over 12 years in my therapy practice. And during the pandemic, I decided I really wanted to be able to serve women really all over the globe. Mm-hmm. And so I started a coaching practice, a coaching program to help women 
explore their sexuality because it's not really something that we are taught to do when we're going through our adolescence and coming in touch with our sexuality. We don't really explore all of the options. Um, So that is what my um, coaching program is about and my special specialty is. Um, How I came to this very specific niche was my own journey. Uh, So I was married at 27. I had three little babies and at 32, I met somebody and in the, um, in this area of coming out later in life, we call it a catalyst. So I had a catalyst, um, and came out and ended up going through a separation and divorce at the time with three young kids. And I was a stay at home mom. So I had no career. So I had to really, um, kind of start all over again and, Uh, It was quite a journey, um, really a lot of self-discovery and a lot of growing and became a therapist, working with women going through this and uh, really just love watching women come into themselves and, you know, move from um, really a lot of, you know, internalized shame and hiding to acceptance and then even coming to a place of feeling really like pride in who they are. So the journey is just so beautiful to me. And I love working with this group of women. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So I'm going to be totally open uh, as is my way, right? Why should we change it on this episode, which is somewhere in the eighties now of my podcast episode. So I will continue with that and um, tell you that I, so I've had a very heterosexual you know, I'm cisgender, sexual experiences, you know, and expression. I've been married to men. I've all my long-term, all my relationships have been with men. I've had sex a couple of times with women or in groups that included women. So I've had a little, you know, whatever that experience. Um, I, where I find myself now, cause I've been single most of 20 years. Okay. So I had two marriages. I had four kids. Um, I had all my kids with my first marriage. My first marriage was 16 years, second marriage, only two. So I've been single a long time. I've had some relationships. I lived with one guy for a couple of years, you know, so, but that's a long time to be single. And I've had a lot of self-awareness and reflection as you're talking. I mean, you don't go through these things. And I think also be drawn to the kind of work that we're obviously drawn to, without that being just a big part of the journey. It's not just something that happens. And, and I really, and of course I've had friends joke about how I should, you know, become a lesbian. So I, because obviously I'm not very good at my relationships with men. (laughs) So, but putting the joke aside, um, I do wonder where I've evolved now. If I almost, I mean, I love men, so I can't really put that completely to the side, Um, but I almost feel like a person who had, I almost feel like my spiritual connection or emotional connection with somebody might be more important to me than their gender now, like somewhere in my own, I don't even ever imagine myself being in a relationship with a woman in all truthfulness, but somewhere there's a a fluidity has happened to me over the last, I don't know, couple of years, not forever. And 
I wonder how common that is or what that, if that has any connection to like when you're talking about this catalyst relationship you had, that's not a term I've heard, but I like, you know, I, I like what that conjures up for me is that person who just kind of opens a door to something different. Do you want to say more about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think women come to, you know, um, express their sexuality in all different ways. And I do think that, I think as humans, we are all pretty fluid. Okay. Uh, I just, I just don't think we really talk about it. So when you think yeah. about the spectrum of sexuality and people who are only gay and have known from the earliest time that they're gay or only straight and have never even had a thought, like you said, you've had yeah had a couple of experiences with women, right? So someone who's never had any of that, right. that's like really the extreme. Yeah. I think most of us are somewhere in the middle. Oh, I like that. That just feels, yeah, that feels very um, truthful. It feels very, I don't, I hate to use the word logical. That's not really the word I want to use, but probable, probable. Let's use that. That, but we've been so conditioned. And of course, I know that there are men that listen to my podcast as well. I think this is even more so for men that we are so conditioned not to explore that, right? If you're a straight guy, there's no, there are very few rooms you can go in <laughs> where there's going to be any openness to exploring anything other than being a straight guy. It's close to that for women, but I think women over the last while, I don't know what, 10, 20 years, maybe ha have a little more freedom to, it's a little more socially acceptable to be, you know, exploring or have questions about it. How, how would you start to kind of unpack this for somebody? Yeah. So really the place I like to start with people is just with the idea of curiosity, mm. which believe it or not, not everybody really grows up learning how to be curious right as a as a society we kind of like to know things we know yeah. the answer we have yeah. the answer right right so being curious is kind of admitting that we don't have the answer mm -hmm. and so typically i really like to start by exploring our relationship to curiosity so it's it's kind of really um kind of slicing it thinner by asking ourselves like what's it like to be curious what comes up for you when you start to be curious with yourself curious about your sexuality curious about wow. other people just in general like can you be curious or is that something that's dangerous for you don't ask people questions that's rude don't question yourself you're going to get yourself into trouble god knows where you're going to land right yes Oh my gosh, this makes me realize we could do a whole podcast just on curiosity because you're right in so much of how, when I'm working with people, you know, I'm doing a lot of mindset work. I mean, for me, it's always the head, the heart, the soul, and then the practical piece. Like I have such a practical, I love all the ideas and the thoughts and the, you know, all that kind of stuff, lofty ideals, self-awareness, all this, let's be curious, let's be open. But then it's like, how the hell do I do that? And curiosity to me has such a intrinsic connection to possibility. So if we take it out of the realm of sexual expression, if I'm struggling with feeling, you know, trapped financially or trapped in a job or trapped in any kind of relationship, you know, my mother, <laughs> whatever, you know, 
If I can start to open to a possibility, I can start to crack that door from feeling so trapped. But probably right before possibility is a curiosity that I can allow. I can allow the discomfort. Tell me if you agree with this. I think there for most people, not everyone, there is a discomfort with moving into curiosity because of that part of us that even if it's painful, we'd almost just rather stay where we are with what we know, you know, all that known stuff, all that stuff I can count on, even if it sucks, (laughs) is so much easier than being curious or open to a possibility that, but wait a minute, what, what in the world will happen? What if I have sex with a woman? Oh my God. You know? And so that being able to, bear sort of the discomfort of curiosity. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I think uh, at the end of the day, most of us are really uncomfortable with uncertainty Mm. and curiosity is like uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. So we try to stay in the safe space of what we know. And I think society really helps us to do that because we're born into um, compulsory heterosexuality. That's not only for women, it's also for men, right? So the minute you're born, depending on what your genitals are, you're just placed into a box. So if you're a woman, you're going to be married, you're going to have children, you're going to be a wife, you're going to be a mother. Um, right. And so, and, and people like that, like there is something about that, that feels very safe for people. Oh, I know what's expected of me, Mm -hmm. right. I will be able to please yeah. People around me because yes. it's very clearly laid out. I know what to do. Yes. So we're now we're talking about uncertainty, right? Yes. This makes people really uncomfortable. Yes. Right. It's so I like to control, right? That's lack the of control. Right. Yeah. We don't and, have control. We have to give up the illusion. We don't really have control anyway, but anyway, we're great at crafting an illusion of control. And when we move into curiosity and uncertainty, we're willfully, you know, intentionally, willingly giving that up and saying, I'm willing to not be in control in order to find out what's possible. So to satisfy the little uh, pragmatist in me, when you have someone struggling with that fear of being curious, what's a tip or a tool or a something you can give our listeners to just help them start to dip their toes in a will on any topic, doesn't matter what the topic is, of being curious sexually? Yeah. So the way I like to work with my clients is, so the idea of being curious makes you really uncomfortable, right? And so what I like to do is help people kind of come into through breathing exercises, a little bit of guided meditation, as much of their sort of grounded, centered, calm self that we can find. And I guide them through that. And from that place, I like to start to explore where, um, this, like when we think of curiosity and they feel uncomfortable where in their body, they sense that. And so I have them scan, find the place, talk about what they feel in that place. And then I try to develop a little bit of a relationship between them and the part of them that is uncomfortable with the curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I help them to uncover what that part of them is trying to achieve with the discomfort mm. and also what the 
what the fear is that if if it if it didn't make you feel uncomfortable, then what might happen? What is the fear? Right. And right. so thinking of that as like a part that's protecting you. Right. Yes. Because I think it's always, I mean, there's nothing I've uncovered with myself or any client. Everything starts out in a benevolent fashion. It starts out every people pleasing thing, every, I mean, all kinds of things that they all start with this benevolent intention of helping us. And, but then at some point it's not helping us anymore. It's, you know, hurting us or holding us back in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I like to think of that as, you know, at times in adulthood, when these parts of us are still very present, but now we're an adult, we don't live in our parents' home anymore. We're not dependent on them, but we still have yeah. these parts that are protecting us that they they kind of end up hijacking us. Mm-hmm. They hijack our system. Yeah. And so what I like to really help women to do is to develop a relationship with these parts where they start to see like, oh, wow, wait, there's a whole adult here that I can start to trust and lean on. I don't have to work so hard. I mean, typically these parts of us get exhausted. Yes. You know, after 40 yeah. years, they're just exhausted, right? So I don't have to work as hard to protect her because actually there's a whole adult here that I can start to learn to trust. And so people can become at the end of the day, a little bit more self-led in life instead of yes. led by their reactivity and their parts. Yes. Yes. And so is this part of, or maybe I'm making too big of a leap here and you can be honest about that. Is this, so when you talk about that, giving something air to breathe, is this what kind of leads to that? Then I can open up and give some kind of idea or how, how do we, how do we start to move towards that? So in terms of giving something air to breathe, yeah. I mean, if your parts shut things down right away Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they don't allow, or you find other ways to numb out. So substance abuse, depression, anxiety, right? Ways that our systems try to get us to not give ourselves air to breathe because they're terrified of what the results will be. Yes. Um, Yes. Then doing this kind of work, this sort of inner exploration will help to quiet that down so that we can find some space to breathe and actually choose what we want and what makes sense for us. And Mm -hmm. that might mean just, you know, it might even mean just coming to terms with your sexuality, just with yourself. It doesn't mean you have to tell your spouse. It doesn't mean you have to tell your friends, right? It could just be something that you embody with yourself and that this is actually, you're not straight. I'm not straight. I'm fluid. Okay. You don't have to tell anybody that, but you can also enjoy knowing that. Yes. And what would that, then how does that start to shape how I see myself? Yeah. I mean, you see yourself as a little bit more um, three-dimensional. I think you see yourself as a little bit more fluid, a little bit more in the middle of that spectrum, not at one end or the other. And I think it helps you to just be able to make more choices um, in life as opposed to living in the box that's been set out for us. We have these parameters, you know, and, and I think it just, it helps you to be more embodied too. It helps you actually to like come into yourself and actually really feel yourself. And maybe you have an active fantasy life. I mean, whatever it is. And if you're in a relationship where that's something you can bring into it, maybe you're going to watch lesbian porn and you never did before. You wouldn't allow yourself to Right. So there's lots of possibilities. 
It's that beginning to allow. And, and the other thing you said there that I love was the choice. I mean, I think choice is so empowering. When we realize we have any choice, even if it's not really the one we wanted, or, you know, I'm thinking again about a lot of topics now that I coach people through besides just sexual or sexual expression, choice is all of it, it, it's all about empowerment because we can't really have a real sense of embodied empowerment if we don't feel like we have any choice. Right. You know, and so beginning to find that. So help if I wanted to be, let's just use me because I'm a good enough example. Okay. Um, gosh, see how I worked this into a little therapy session for myself. <laughs> but so let's take somebody like, and maybe I'm, I'm not typical. So you can say that too. Um, for somebody you would work with, maybe they've already figured this out farther than I have. But like, let's just say I wanted to be open to exploring or being curious, whatever, about what if I just, what if I had a relationship with a woman? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what if I just took myself off of, no, when I go to the dating site, I say I'm a woman looking for a man. Because, you know, most of them now, I mean, I don't hardly do online dating because I don't have a big tolerance for it. But um, <laughs> but I think they all now, you know, it, it's very common to be able to pick both, yes, right? Yeah. So love that, love that option. Um, how, how do, what, what, what kinds of things would you be asking me to see if I'm, if I'm really ready for that? Or I, how, you tell me, you take over. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think again, it's sort of like, I mean, typically women that are straight and at the far end of the spectrum, Mm -hmm. right. They're not thinking about doing what you're saying. Mm -hmm. They are not wondering what it would be like with a woman. Mm -hmm. They're just not like, they don't lie awake at night wondering what it would be like to date a woman, to go online and switch their profile to looking for women. Right. So if that is something that you are considering, we can say that you are not straight. Okay. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean that you're gay. Right. Right. It doesn't mean that you're gay. It just means that you're not a hundred percent straight. You're not all the way yes, at the end I'm of the not spectrum. Not all the way in that extreme, or I wouldn't yeah. even be considering that. Okay. Right. Right. Exactly. And so then the question becomes, um, you know, I guess, I mean, you also could be pansexual, as you said, like you, it's not about gender. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the question becomes like, what, what are you, what are, what are you looking for? You're mm-hmm. looking for qualities of a person then. Yes. And it's not so much about like the woman or the man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might be looking for men and women, right? So a lot of the women that I work with are women that are married, Okay. They've mostly, a lot of them have known for a long time. Some of them haven't and are only recent, you know, recently to them coming to be aware that they have an attraction. Maybe it was somebody that they um, interacted with um, for some, for some reason, I think because people were stuck at home, the pandemic was a huge tsunami of women coming out later and realizing, oh my God, I can't do this in my marriage. Right. (laughs) And so so Yeah. So it really pushed a lot of women to the edge. Um, 
So, you know, I think it really depends, like your situation's a little bit different, right? Because you're coming at it from a place of being open, being pretty open, not being married, right? So I have women who are, they're coming out of, they're they're married. They're in a great relation, yeah. Their husbands might not know. They have kids. They live in places where it's not accepting. Yes. And they're terrified because they don't know what to do. And if they come out or talk to their husband about it, everything could blow up. Their kids might turn against them, right? Um, They might lose 50% of the time with their kids. So, I mean, there's a lot of, so that's. to I mean, yeah, totally true. And, you know, that makes me, that makes me leap to another thought, which is, you know, for anybody who might be listening to this and thinking, oh, kind of intriguing, but I'm over there in that, you know, extreme of super straight. And so I don't really, I can't relate to this conversation or I I don't really get what that would be like. One of the reasons I wanted to have Samantha on as a guest, and I might have said this before in another episode, but I don't have any illusion. Everyone has listened to every episode nor remembers everything I've said. So (laughs) this is where part of what I want to do with my podcast, because it gives us the time, you know, to, it's a format that gives us the time for conversation and exploration is realize that there are so many things that connect us compared to the things that disconnect the feel like, Oh, but I totally don't get that. I am so straight, 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 straight is straight. And I don't even understand these conversations. How is somebody confused by their gender? How, you know, like, if you're, you know, and wonderful, if you are that clear, like who cares? That's great too, you know, but to me, part of what brings us to a place where we can find connection, which I think is so important to bridge us into acceptance is that, especially if we take a topic like people pleasing the topic of this show There's probably very few of your clients (laughs) and anyone, male or female, going in any of these sexual expression, curiosity, gender, you fluid, any of these things that hasn't fallen into people pleasing. So this is where we can all find each other in that common ground and go, oh, yeah, I've spent plenty of time pretending I love wearing dresses because I'm, I'm a straight woman, whatever, in a straight marriage. And I don't have any questions about that. Not, you know, and I'm, I see myself as a woman, I, but I just don't like wearing dresses. But oh, my husband or long hair. Oh my gosh. I went through this period of like two and a half years with this man who loved me having long hair. I grew my hair out. I hated it. Every time I look at a picture, I'm like, oh, I cannot believe I let myself go two years with long hair that I couldn't stand telling myself I like it because he likes it that way. Why not? I have great hair. I can grow it out. I'm just, you know, being thoughtful or something like that instead of just being fucking true to how I wanted to wear my fucking hair, let alone something as loaded as uh, I'm in a girl body and I feel like a boy or I'm, I've been in straight sexual experiences and I'm not sure that's for me, or I know it's not for me Mm -hmm. and I don't know how to get out of it. So 
say whatever you now that I opened that whole Pandora's box, you know, that was really a lot of what um, initially when you reached out to me made me want to talk to you because I'm like, yes, I've been wanting and anybody listening who wants to, you know, my email, how to reach me is always easy to do. Uh, Brenda Florida, you know, it's not that hard to find online. Uh, DM me, whatever. Um, and tell me you want to talk to me about this because this conversation, people pleasing is something that we can all relate to in this regard. And if talking about starting there can take us to, oh, okay, well, wow, I've never thought about what it would be like to be born in a gender I don't even relate to, you know, can bridge that and start to create some acceptance and understanding, then my life would be complete. I could die a happy woman today, you know, I don't intend to, but (laughs) die that is, (laughs) but tell me how that people pleasing thing starts to affect. And if you, you know, you're shaking your head for those, most of you cannot see Samantha and I, you're listening to us, but she's nodding her head in agreement. So take it from there. Yeah. I mean, this particular population of women who are realizing that they're not straight later in life, pretty much all are people pleasers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They have a long history of it, typically starting with mom Mm -hmm. and just wanting to make mom happy as a little kid. And like Mm -hmm. this just perpetuates and it's, it's, again, it's very supported by society, right? How do you do the, we, what's the right thing to do? Yes. Right. We're taught what's right. And so we stay in those boxes. We try to make sure our parents are happy so we can get love and attention so we can survive and thrive, which we must do. Right. Right. So this is like just the human drive. Basic. Right. Right. And then society supports that. And depending on, you know, if you're, if you're in the church or you have certain Mm -hmm. religion around that, it supports, you know, there are right things to do Mm -hmm. and um, you know, sexuality might not be in that category of right things to do. Right. So, so we learn how to just please everybody else and hide ourselves deeper and deeper and dig a deeper hole. And again, depression, substance abuse, anxiety disorders, right. All of these things. Uh, We don't even know why we don't know why we're depressed. We don't know why we're anxious, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's, it's caked in this people pleasing. Yes. And so many of these women who are, you know, late thirties, forties and fifties, they don't even know who they are. Like they have not figured out who they are, but everybody around them thinks they know who they are and everyone around them is very pleased with them. Yes. Um, Oh yes. That's so true. Cause you get all that affirmation from your surroundings and that's hard to break from. Right. Right. And so, you know, imagine being 55 and for the first time coming out to your parents and to your children, grown children, and they're not very pleased. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is hard. This is really hard. So one of the things I found, I find very healing for the women that I work with also is that we do group, we do small group coaching. So we've got, you know, eight women together who are all going through this. They're all there to support each other. And I mean, the, the love between these women, just in how empowering it is for them to be going through this and support each other. I mean, it's so moving. It's so rewarding. Yeah. Um, 
So you start to build community because it's hard to break out of people pleasing as just an individual and know that you're displeasing all the people around you and to feel really isolated and alone. Yes. And I think there's always a part, I shouldn't say always, but there is, it's a very common thing as you move away from people pleasing, because yeah, some people in your life will love that. They never cared about you being a people pleaser and they love you, you know, blossoming into the truth of who you are. And other people will not, you know? And so as I came into my own self and stopped being just who I thought the church and my parents and my husband primarily wanted me to be, then that took him to saying, I don't like who you are anymore. (laughs) You know, so, and I lost just being divorced in the little conservative fundamentalist Christian culture I was in just being divorced when there was no infidelity, you know, infidelity was the past. If he had been unfaithful, I could have gotten off the hook, but that was, you know, anyway, uh, that was enough to ostracize me. Like I lost most of my friends, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, it, there is often a time when we move through this, that feels very isolating. I like the metaphor of it's like going up an elevator and for a while, there's lots of people in the elevator with you. And then it's like, everybody gets off, but you, and you, the door, you know, and then you go to another floor and the doors don't open. You go to another floor and the doors don't open. But if you stay on the elevator and you keep rising to your truth, those doors will open and people who are your people will find you. And then you end up creating this new community that I mean, I'm reminded so often when I'm working with people or just people commenting on social media and stuff, how grateful I am that I, at this point in my life, have, you know, 99% of the people I engage with are all people that love and support me for who I am. They don't, you know, I have a, a couple of family members that I still engage with that are not so on my bus, but, but I keep them because they're, they're important to me because of that family connection. But over time, most of the people who were in my life are not in my life anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of loss on this journey. There's a lot of loss on, you know, evolving. Yeah. Right. And and a lot to gain, you know, because the people that I have, I mean, there's just so many people that if I was in trouble would jump to help, you know, and, and the connection, there's just something, I mean, even putting that aside, I mean, that is lovely, but there is such a difference between being liked, you know, at the more superficial level, even, you know, just somebody you meet at the bar, I don't care to close friends, to really, really intimate friends who are liking you and loving you at all levels because of exactly who you are. There's that people pleasing has dropped. You're not wearing what the, because they like it or doing or saying or editing or whatever. The people who are in your life love you for exactly who you are, including all your strengths and weaknesses. And that is so liberating that it makes the loss, I, I don't know how to say it exactly, less, you know, it has less of a sting after a while because um, it pales. 
by comparison to the gratitude and the um, thrill, that thriving of living your own life in truth and being with people in your life that love that about you. Yeah. I love that, Brenda. Yeah. I mean, being authentic, really being yourself, there's nothing better than that. But to get there, there is a journey and there is work to do and there is grief and loss, but you move past that, but you have to go through that in order to move past it. Yes. Yes. And I think what we obviously stand for too, is that you don't have to do it alone. That every person listening to this is worth the money to invest, whatever it is. I don't even know how much your programs are. Like it doesn't matter. I've charged, oh, I've charged well over five figures for sure on my charge cards when I had no money to pay for it for therapy or groups or class to get me through. And I don't, I never regretted a dollar of it. I'm not telling everybody to go charge up your credit cards, but I'm just saying sometimes that's what it takes. And I, I don't regret one penny I have ever spent. The only thing harder than doing this is telling yourself the story. You have to somehow do it by yourself, you know? And so Tell people, maybe as a way to kind of wrap up, because we've been, um, I let this episode go a little extra long, but it was such a great conversation. Um, maybe tell people a little bit about your program, if you want to, the group program, or, and of course, we'll have all of Samantha's links so you can actually get to her, but it would probably be helpful for people to hear just a little bit about that and how you help women who are, you know, specifically coming out later in life, because Um, I think there's not only plenty or plenty who would like to be open to it, uh, but I don't think that's a trend that will uh, have a downturn anytime soon, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my program is called Curious Questioning and Coming Out. Mm -hmm. And I have a one-on-one personalized program. And I also have a a married questioning coming out group program. So I do both. Okay. Um, And Um, essentially, I mean, it really is in the group program. It really is, like I said, it really starts with curiosity. It starts with, um, sharing your stories in the group, where you are, what's happening for you. And then on your own, you have a curriculum that you work on, um, with some lessons and some reflection worksheets where you can journal. There are some guided meditations. So you do a lot of work each week with yourself that you then bring to our sessions and we share and talk about what came up. And so we get to hear other women's stories. Um, I answer all the questions that people have. um, And it's really just a deep, um, it's like a deep dive into yourself. Um, and you know, during the journey, you are beginning to make new friends and you're beginning to connect to these women. I have women that have gone through the group that are so connected. It's like, they have a whole new group of friends, even though they're spread out. So they're in Canada and they're in Virginia. Um, I'm in New York, right? So women are everywhere. And, um, you know, you come out the other side, just feeling a lot closer to your authentic self and not isolated with it. Yes. Yes. Finding that community, I think is so powerful. I love that you mentioned guided meditations too, because 
I don't know who, if everybody, I'm sure everybody listening hasn't tried it, but I think guided meditations are so powerful. I use them from time to time. I've used them almost always whenever I do some kind of group program or something like that too. And it's funny, I have one on a telephone. Like when I first got into coaching and everybody was doing teleconferencing, right? It was like pre-Zoom days and stuff. And I had recorded one and you know, gave it to the link to it, to all the people in the program. And every now and then I still get an email that somebody's played back that report, that, that meditation. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I haven't even talked about this thing for years, but somebody back five years ago, loved that thing and still listens to it, you know? So it is a really, there are so many powerful methods that are available to us to help tap into that truth of who we are, because I think maybe a nice place to end, and I'll I'll say it my way and you can say it yours, is just a reminder to everyone, wherever you are on the journey, you already have everything that you need within you to be that authentic, you know, unapologetic, curious and empowered self. The problem is not that we don't have it, which is how it can feel, right? We can feel like, well, I don't have, I don't have the courage for that. I don't have the whatever for that, fill in the blank. It's there. It's having often a facilitator to help you find that, to like peel off the layers of like blankets that have been laying over it or the princess in the pea, if you want to think of that metaphor, <laughs> get those mattresses off and get down to that pea that's there. But but it is there. And so what, why don't you wrap us up with your sort of send off to a woman um, who might be thinking, oh, but, but, but I've got this, you know, but, but she just doesn't realize it. I, my thing is so much heavier and so much darker. Um, what, what would you send her away with? Yeah. I mean, um, I like valid feelings. So really mm -hmm. like validating that that is where you are. And um, by doing this work, we can create like a little peephole of light into this darkness and continue to grow it until light is shining in, into your soul, into who you are. Mm -hmm. And I can help you remove those stories about yourself and the narratives you're telling yourself and the boxes that you're putting yourself in and all the I can'ts and all the feelings that feel too scary to feel. And you can feel those, you can do the work, you can move through it. And especially in community, I mean, that really helps that you're not alone working through this in community and it's very doable. And not only that, but if you have kids, you're modeling for your kids that yes. they can be themselves, right? So hiding ourselves and burying ourselves away, that's not teaching your kids, you know, how, how they can cope in life, yeah. right? So you can also be a model to them and be fully yeah. yourself. Um, so yeah. sometimes I ask women to think about that. Think about what if your child was in this situation 20 years from now? Would you tell them to bury themselves and hide away? Yes. Right. Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah. So true. So true. As a mother of four, I mean, ultimately, that's what motivated me to leave my marriage was I, I just thought I, I can't keep modeling to my kids that emotional abuse is okay. 
Cause that's what I'm doing. As long as I stay, like I can say whatever I want to say, <laughs> but actions speak louder than words. And I want my kids to know there's another way. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, thank you for that. Well, such a beautiful interview. Thank you, Samantha, so much. And of course, everyone go to the show notes and check out the links for Samantha. And certainly, certainly, if you feel even close to this realm, you know, a feeling like you want to explore coming out, you know, you want to come out, whatever it is, you know, get in touch with Samantha and get involved in her work and follow her on social media and all the things. I think what you're doing is so important. I'm so glad we had this connection and, you know, would welcome the opportunity to collaborate on something in the future, because I think that this is the people pleaser, you know, kind of conjunction intersection with all this kind of stuff is it's just so common. It's just, you know, kind of part of the equation and I love what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. It was such a pleasure. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Great. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Here's my invitation to you. Keep loving yourself enough to stay on this inner journey of liberation. And the good news is you don't have to do it alone. None of us do. So I hope you will continue to connect with me. I would love to have you post a five-star review on whatever podcast outlet you listen to the episode on today. New episodes come out every week. You can find me on Instagram at Brenda Florida Coach, on Clubhouse as B Florida. You can click the link in the show notes for my free resources and other information. And last but not least, you can book a connection call with me and we can explore whether or not now might be the right time and whether or not I am the right coach for you to help you on your journey of liberation. I can't wait to connect with you. Thank you.